I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello and welcome to the Hawk Week podcast. I'm Hawk Week editor Matthew Appleby and today I'm with Majestic Trees' Elliot Barden. Elliot headed a field of 15 to win the AIPH Young International Grow of the Year Award at IPM Essen in January and he's the Production and Education Manager for Majestic Trees. He studied at Kew before joining Mature Tree Supplier Majestic in 2018. So welcome Elliot. Hi Matt, how are you? I'm good, thanks. Now, tell us about winning the Young International Grow of the Year Award. What was that like? Oh, that that was an honour. It was a fantastic evening. I never expected um, to win the award, but uh, to win it, it was a it was a complete honour, complete um, surprise, to be honest with you. Brilliant. Now, just going back to the start of your career, teachers, I believe, were against you becoming a horticulturalist, which is quite a familiar tale we hear in horticulture. So, what was your experience there? Yeah, so not all of them, but some of them were sort of deeply against not going to university. I think the uh, their thoughts were that if you didn't go to university, you couldn't make anything um, of your career. Um, so they were often trying to send me down that route um, when it was it was clear that it was just something I didn't want to do. Um, and so that sort of objection, I had to sort of put to one side the the people that that didn't support me and and take the advice from the people that did and thankfully it still paid off but it was just a a real concern for me that you know for for other people in this industry it might might be other barriers such as that might prevent for prevent people sort of pursuing their dreams and I guess that's driven your passion for horticulture careers and school leavers and apprenticeships and and helping with that yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've I've got a, a a real passion for for helping younger people see. I mean, horticulture is such a wide, diverse industry. Um, I I don't see a reason why um, someone who's got even a, a sort of a spark for it can can not be sort of guided to, to be developed and and form into horticulture. So yeah, actually seeing these people are showing some interest, I, I really want to sort of coax them into it, guide them, and and support them. 
So how do you get young people into horticulture? I think it starts at a, um, at a school level. I think young people, you know, not everybody is cut out for an office job. I mean, people need to see sort of the outside world, the environment. Um, and I think people that show interest in, in that um, need to be encouraged into it. And I think that's through careers advisors, through, um, you know, teachers d- developing people, maybe even in- including horticulture on the curriculum. Uh, and then after that, there needs to be um, a much sort of wider scale publicity event for for what's op- on option at, at um, colleges and that kind of thing and and really show people or, or navigate people through the the path of um, career progression how could the government help so through further support for the things like apprenticeships i mean apprenticeships are a great entry it's how how i started and i think um the sort of practical and theory um, aspect that you gain you gain from that is is sort of it's, it's, there's no equivalent, and I think more support towards apprenticeships could could definitely be a help from from the government side of things, but also some you know some some media and marketing opportunities as well, um, and and more support for horticulture in general. Now you spoke at Majestic Trees' twentieth anniversary celebration last year so tell us a bit about that yeah that was a fantastic sort of industry event um bringing everyone together and and really outlining what are the issues for for horticulture and the the problem in the future um and actually coming together and and having some real you know in-depth discussions about how we can get around them i think people especially younger people are going to have this um this burden um, that we're going to have to come together and and discuss solutions um, to 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 overcome all these issues that are coming coming up. There's a peat ban coming in in 2026. Do you think the industry is ready for it? I don't think uh, commercial uh, industry, uh, commercial horticulture, is ready for the peat ban. I, I think it's come about very, very quickly. I don't think there's been much support for the um, for for companies, uh, and I think those that have already been doing trials on how they're going to overcome it have have come up with some big issues and big questions that have not been answered. Um, at Majestic, we've we've done regular trials for the past yeah almost 10 years now um with the really upscaled trial this year in anticipation for the for the ban and we still don't have answers um so actually it's quite a a scary time um heading into this sort of darkness without knowing the real answers you know we're we're certainly going to have to reduce the number of of plant species we can grow which is um you know it's not good for for horticulture in general what other consequences might there be? So peats, peats are very, very good product for growing um, plants in um, for, for various reasons that we, we're, we're all aware of. Um, but actually switching to something just because we're aware that peat has its issues without actually joined up thinking and, and actually assessing what the other options are um, can be just as much a, of an issue as as peat itself. I mean, the the carbon sort of tracking of of things, products like coir, um, prove that you know it can be just as as harmful on the environment as as extracting peat. So, actually, 
assessing our options and coming up with something. It's a bit like with the with the cars and everything like that. We were all told petrol was bad, so everyone changed to diesel. And then diesel was bad, so we went back to petrol. And, and then electric's been put in. And, I mean, all these different options, there have always been an alternative. Whereas with peat, we've been told to stop using peat, but we've not been given an alternative where it's as good the guarantee of supply and the and the product is fit for purpose. Pete was one of the issues at the 20th anniversary symposium. Uh, so was biosecurity. So what was discussed? Well, the options for replacing it. Uh, I mean, there's there's plenty. But the thing with growing large trees, um, such as at Majestic, is is it puts forward different issues that, uh, say, for a, a bedding plant would put. Um, for example, the integrity of the the root ball um, when it's you know turned over for tying up or loading onto lorries, um, it, it's it is possible to grow plants in a in a hard container where it's all contained. Put them on um, trolleys and take them off, and the, and the roots are all contained. Whereas on a tree, when you're actually taking the pot off, the air pot off, um, there's nothing to contain this. And before you root ball it, and and that that root to soil binding we're just not seeing with any of the replacements so actually um the integrity of the root ball it, it just gets destroyed whenever you try and ship it it's it's been a bit of a nightmare to be honest ah yes now tell us a bit about biosecurity and the issues that you've been dealing with yeah so there was a, a problem um, last year that we had where a, a, a pine processionary moth was imported um, on, a, on a pine tree and uh, the DEFRA just um, sort of exploded into this whole mirage of um, possible options that pine processionary moth could also be on, um, including cedars and, and ABs and other things that we, we've never actually seen there's no actual photographic evidence that the these these pests are on these trees so their reaction to the 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 issue was was totally out of scale um it could have been dealt with um we could have um the the implications to majestic could have been a lot less and we were, could have worked with uh, defra uh, then and in the future to to actually guarantee the uk's biosecurity so what bigger issues does this bring up for the industry so biosecurity naturally is a huge, uh, a huge topic um, within sort of UK. There's been so many different diseases come in over the years that have threatened particularly trees, um, from Dutch elm to ash dieback to sudden oak decline, sudden oak death, acute oak decline. Um, you know, the list goes on. Um, there's no two ways about it that the nursery trade does spread the diseases, but at the same time, we've got to be sort of really pragmatic about um the threat the 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 diseases that are being transmitted and how they're dealt with and who is dealing with them because some nurseries that are professional um in where they source in where they um how they inspect and how they treat diseases actually can act as a form of quarantine whereas there are traders that are just importing things straight in. There's no inspections. They're coming straight into people's gardens, and and that's where the issue really lies. As you know, as was oak processionary moth. So, I think the industry has got to be looked at as a whole, and 
I think some form of um, sort of accreditation as we've been got to be got to given to the good guys and and the the people that are importing things without um, the, the the knowledge or the um, the resources. I think they've they've got to be stopped somehow. Otherwise, there will be a huge threat to to the UK biosecurity. It's it's one of those things that it's of of big significance. Trees are incredibly important in the landscape and we can't we can't risk losing them um plant healthy exists do you think that's enough or there needs to be something else i think plant healthy is is definitely a step in the in the right direction um in our experience there's a lot of paperwork and a lot of box ticking that actually might not be um, the smaller companies might not have the resources to do that. So I think it's definitely a step in the right direction, but we've got to make it available so that large companies, small companies, it's, it's all fair and equal so that we can, we can all be accredited as to whether we're good or whether we're not and not whether we have the time to tick boxes and, and write documents that, um, that, that tick the boxes of the plant healthy. So I think it's definitely a step in the right direction, but it could do with some re-evaluation and, and um, different, um, different strains of thought, really. Excellent. Well, in a future podcast, we are going to have Plant Healthy on. But just to finish up, we always ask our podcast guests, what is their favourite plant? My favourite plant? Um, so I, I studied while I was at Kew quite a lot of the um, southern hemisphere um, conifers. So I think um, upon visiting Chile, my favourite plant is the Fitzroya cuprosoides. I think the scale, um, the size and the, the heritage of that tree just uh, tops everything else, in my opinion. Brilliant. Well, thanks very much to Majestic Trees' Elliot Barden. I'm Hawk Week editor Matthew Appleby. Make sure you never miss a Hawk Week podcast. Subscribe to or follow Hawk Week podcasts via Apple Podcasts, Spotify or Google Podcasts or your preferred podcast platform. Once again, thanks to Elliot and see you next time. are on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.